Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Colin II, and with me, as always, via Zoom, is... Santa Claus. You're Santa Claus? Yeah. Have been this whole time, actually. Shit. Yep. So, when I was eight, and... I wanted an Optimus Prime, and you didn't get me one. Why? That was because the Soviet Union had, like, their own version of Santa Claus, and he was stealing other presents. And the, uh, that was one of the ones, because that was really popular. And, uh, no, I'm just making it up. Um, it's because Santa Claus isn't, like, a forever-type being. They actually only work for like 50 years and they get replaced by another Santa Claus. So at that point, I wasn't actually Santa Claus. So, Oh, okay. So that person, for whatever reason, decided not to, to give you the Optimus Prize. I mean, op- Optimus Prize? Well, I guess it would have been a prize. <laughs> yes, so, the Optim- um, Optimus Prime, yes. So yeah. um, my, my, my other question is... Um, Is the movie The Santa Claus, starring Tim Allen, a biopic, then? No, that's just a made-up piece of shit. Oh, but, okay. um, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> no, I would, I would not allow a, a person who is convicted of trafficking cocaine to uh, portray me in any movie about my life or about my, my actions. Oh, okay. Yeah. That that that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um what if they were like um a convicted murderer? That's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, I just I just don't like Tim Allen. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Obviously cocaine trafficking is not as bad as murder. So no. I guess we'll have to yeah. mix it. If I had to choose between the two, I guess I'd go with Tim Allen just because I'd rather not have a murderer portray Santa Claus. Yeah. So he'll get like a like a little bump. Well, well a bump, I guess that's appropriate. But um, <laughs> you get a little bump up, you know. Uh, yes. The, the hiring process. Um, and he certainly would be getting higher from all that you know, energy going on. But Well, that, yep. 
the thing is, you know, I don't really like Tim Allen as a person necessarily, but I do like him as an actor. So I'll give He's him pretty that. good. I mean, like, yeah. you know, galaxy quest is a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really, it's really cheesy, but it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, big troubles, really good movie. Yes. Uh, he is one of the very rare, I would say very rare conservative actors who are actually funny. I mean, it's a yeah. very rare breed. It's, it's, yes, you know, it is. I'm not trying to be mean. It's just factually true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd go um, with like like him and like Kelsey Grammer and a couple other people are pretty funny. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, but, but Kelsey Grammer though, he's like, he's like, isn't he like married to someone who's kind of like really, really super like sexual though? Like, because or not? Because I've seen interviews of him before where like. Like I don't know, they're like talking. I don't know. Very, I don't know much about his personal life. So I'm just saying, usually, that's like a he's a he's a rare breed, even of itself, because usually mm-hmm. they're very like prim and proper, at least in public, you know. Yeah, and they're like we have good values. Or so he's so he's an outlier too. I'm basically saying all all the ones are just outlier out, outlier. Yeah, <laughs> to, to, to prove my bias. <laughs> so, um, would you know that's what we do? Yeah. That's what we do now in this world. So yeah, <laughs> prove our biases. And um, yep. so speaking of the holidays, though, Mister Santa Claus here. Um, today we are covering in our direct from hell series the 2012 holiday classic. A Christmas Story 2. Yeah. Um, the film is a direct sequel to the 1983 film that people consider a classic, unlike me. Um, <laughs> a Christmas Story. Yeah. And this, uh, this ignores the events of the 1994 film, My Summer Story, which was a sequel to A Christmas Story. Really? Did not know that. And also, it includes some of the events in the telefilm, Ali Hoopnoodles, Hopnoodles, sorry, Heaven, Haven of Bliss, sorry, I can't talk today, <laughs> which was another sequel to A Christmas Story. Okay. Yeah, which we should cover both of those for the podcast eventually. Um, I've never even heard of these other two. They're (laughs) actually not bad. So, um, okay. And in all honesty, if I'm completely serious, this movie wasn't that bad either. But anyway, so. um, No, it wasn't. And by the way, I just want to say I I apologize if I'm alienating any of our audience by just immediately talking about political stuff. Yeah. Christmas movie review. But uh, so we can just cut that part out if you want. Um, Now I'm going to leave it in because it's it's us, honestly, you know. It's true. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. I, I, I want to say something controversially, which is yeah. more controversial than what I said before. I actually think this movie's better than the original Christmas Story movie. You know what's really funny, Matt? I was going to say the same thing. I, I'm, se- I'm dead serious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just because I've seen the original so many fucking times. <laughs> Unwillingly, because my sister insisted on watching it constantly when we were younger yeah 
to the point where I began to hate it. So it's just objectively not a very good movie. It it's one of these things where it's like enough people decide that it's a cult classic, then other people jump on the bandwagon because they want to be part of the group, and then it just like it just perpetuates itself in like a vicious cycle. Everyone says this movie's great. This movie's great. You gotta see it. You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it every Christmas. Tradition, tradition, tradition. But if you actually just watch the movie objectively, it's terrible. It's not funny. It's stupid. Um, the actors are usually kind of dumb, except for like the parents. They're like the only good actors. All the kids, idiots. Um, it just, ugh, I don't know. There's something about it. I just, I just hate that movie. Yeah, and I, the same thing too with like my brother. Like it became like a Christmas tradition, and he thought I loved the movie. So he's like every Christmas, like, "Hey, want to come over to my house and we'll watch the Christmas story?" I never had the heart to tell him that I think the movie sucks. So I just go over there every Christmas Eve for like ten straight years, just sitting through this movie that I hated because he thought that I liked it. <laughs> well, you're a good brother. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, so I eventually told him, like, we got to pick a different movie every, like, like Tommy Boy or Black Sheep or something that's not even Christmas related, because I don't really like Christmas movies that much. But See, if, if I have to watch a Christmas movie over and over again, it's going to be um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good That is my favorite Christmas really movie, that or It's a Wonderful Life. I'll watch both of those. Yeah, those are good. Yes. Yeah. Elf, I like Elf, but I've seen that a million times, too. Yeah, so. Elf is good. There's a couple other, I'm trying to think of other Christmas, I mean, I do like... I I do like the Santa Claus. So Yeah, that's that's pretty decent. Yeah. Santa part two is pretty good too. And I mean of course there's Jingle All the Way too. And um Oh of course. I mean, yeah. <laughs> With Larry the Cable guy, I mean, yeah. Yes. Oh boy. How can you forget that, yeah. Recent uh, recent masked singer contestant Larry the Cable Guy. Was that was was it proven that, that Yeah, he, he got he got um, unmasked. Yes. Okay. Because you thought it was him. So. Yeah, I knew it was him from the beginning. Um, I could tell by his voice um, when he was singing. Yeah. Um, yeah, the... Uh, so, okay, this... Uh, so, so they decided, you know, like... What, what is it, like... 30 years after the original to make another one? Yeah, it was it was like twenty nine years. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So, um, <laughs> okay. The the film play, takes place six years after the events of the original film in nineteen forty six, and uh, Ralphie, our protagonist, now played by Brandon Lemasters, um, or no, Braden. Sorry. I totally messed up his name. Yeah, Brayden Lamasters. There we go. Um, mm -hmm. um, so it takes place in 1946, um, and Ralphie is now 15 years old, almost 16, and all he wants now is a instead of the the original where he wanted a Red Ryder BB gun, you know. This time for Christmas, he really wants a 1939 Mercury 8 convertible. Yep. yep, as you do. Well, I wanted one of those once, and I mean it's a good car. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have one right now, but you know. Yeah. So, uh, this, the the car's on a display ramp at one point. Oh yeah, first first we're like you know 
Sorry, I'm going to go back to the, you know, I might be jumping over here a little bit, but uh, at the beginning, you know, we were kind of reintroduced to our characters from the original movie. You meet, you meet uh, Randy, his little brother, um, played by uh, Valen Shinye. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but that's his name. And um, <laughs> <coughs> we, uh, we meet him, um, and he's, like, obsessed with, like, Buck Rogers stuff. Yeah, he's, like, really in the... He's, like, around the same age as, like, Ralphie was, like, in the first movie. Yeah. Kind of, I think. Um, he's, so he's grown up, you know, a little bit. He's got a little bit of more snark in this than he did in the original, so... Yeah, well, the, uh, speaking of that, the whole character, like, the, for example, like, the dad's personality is completely different than in the first movie. Like, like a little bit, yeah. Maybe it's one thing to have a different actor portray someone, but like personality, does their personality just change after a few years? But whatever. I actually kind of like. That's the reason why I kind of like this one better because, like this, this dad is not as like angry and like yeah. I don't know what the word is. Like he's he's more he's softer, I guess. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, the dad is played by, we meet him, Mr. Parker, the old man, we meet him, he's played by Daniel Stern, who people will know from Home Alone, among other things. Home uh, 2, um, yeah. uh, Celtic Pride, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's, a, yes. you know, that's a classic right there, not that great, mm-hmm. but it's okay. Uh, also, as the interesting fact, as the narrator of the original Wonder Years. Yep. Which was inspired by a Christmas story. Right. Was he also the narrator of the original Christmas story, too, or not? No, he wasn't, no. Oh, okay. No, that that was Gene Shepard, the writer of uh, A Christmas Story. Okay. Um, he was the original narrator. Um, so, uh, yes, and then this, uh, we also meet uh, Stacy Travis as Mrs. Parker. Who in this movie also has a little bit more uh, personality than she did in the original. Yeah, a little bit more of a, a role, actually, yeah. in the movie. Well, is, is she... You're going to make fun of me, because sometimes I, I get faces wrong. But was she also... Did she play... Was she in Breaking Bad? No. Was she... Okay. <laughs> Not as far as I can tell. She, uh... Oh. Yeah, she was not in that. I just looked her up. Um, okay. She was in a lot of movies. Phantasm 2, Earth Girls Are Easy, Deadly Dreams, <clears throat> Dr. Hanken- Hackenstein, sorry. Um, Hardware, The Super, Dracula Rising, Only the Strong, Caroline at Midnight, Traffic. Um, yeah. Only, only this. We maybe we could recover cover that once. Only the strong. I love that movie. Now, you want to talk like a, talk about like a whole like un, underrated movie right there? I think that's one of them. I used to watch the shit out of that movie when I was a kid. I mean, like crazy amount of times. I even got the soundtrack and used to listen to the soundtrack at night before I went to sleep because uh, it had like really cool like techno and hip hop music and, and stuff like that. I've never seen um, that. It it's a it's like a martial arts film, but it's yeah. like it's not it's not like a 
it's not like a typical one. It, it's a little bit more of like like a like a streets, you know, martial. martial. It's, it's hard to explain. Yeah. I'll, I'll explain it it's later. It's got Mark Dacascos in it. That's cool. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, so, it, it, um, my favorite movies is like a ten year old. Yeah, and we might cover that again for like one of our underrated films. Um, so, uh, anyways, we also um, so 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 we, we then we finally meet, you know, um, Braden Lamasters as Ralphie Parker, who is now. 15. Um, like I said, what he wants now is a, he wants a car, basically. Um, at one point, he, they, they, he finds it when he goes to the, goes to the car dealership with, uh, with the old man. And he sees it in the garage. So, um, what happens there, Matt? Um, yeah, the, the you know his dad. So was his dad like just wanting to trade in their car for another one or something? Is that what he was there? Originally Probably, for? yeah, trying to oh, like okay. trade it in or something. So yeah, so he's he's off on his own, um, and he sees yeah this really cool. I mean, it looks like all beat up, and you know, so he thinks you know he might want you know to buy that car someday or whatever because it's. Um, you know, figures, you know, he can get it for cheap, you know, because it's all like rusty and the windows are all dirty and whatever. But, um, the like, next day or two, he's with his friends and then he sees, um, that car being, um, put on like a ramp or whatever. And it's like all shiny and nice looking now. So, you know, they're trying to figure out what happens. It turned out that, you know, I guess they're just going to wash it or whatever. And then some guys, you know, looking to buy it. And then uh, his friends, I think, kind of convinced him to go in, like, oh, just take, just, you know, get inside the car or whatever. But then he um, he sees that, you know, the, the dealer and the, the guy are walking towards the car, so he tries to get in the back seat and get out of the car, but then his pants get caught on, like, the gear or something like that, the um, stick shift or whatever. And then, uh, you know, accidentally puts it in neutral, so then, you know, predictably, the car starts rolling down the ramp and, you know, almost causes multiple car accidents that could potentially harm or kill people. So that's that's sin number one of the movie. I had a whole list of things that he had done that were potential felons. But, um, anyway, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love doing that. Yeah. But, um, so, you know, of course, predictably, he doesn't get in an accident. But then at the last second, something falls on top of the car. You know, those those usual antics. Yeah, it was a, it was like a a reindeer statue falls onto it. Yeah, it just falls right through the the convertible part of the car. You know, the, yeah, the the, the, the roof. And, yeah, 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 the roof. And then, then of course, you know, he he owes money to the dealer now, and he's got to pay them pay him eighty five dollars. You know, in 1946 money, it's quite a lot. And um, yeah, I looked it up. It's like eleven hundred dollars in today's money. So that's a lot, yeah. Um, yeah. Or he's going to call the cops on him. And then, <coughs> so they, him and his friends all get jobs at the, at the mall to try it. Well, no, that's the other thing, too. So, like, they don't they don't get the idea to get jobs until, like, at the last minute. They're like, how are we going to come up with this money? And it's like, uh, what else? Like, how else did you think you're going to, what? what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, none of your parents are rich in this movie. So it's not like you can just go borrow the money. Like, yeah talking about like and i mean he does try to borrow the money from his dad well, yeah his dad was like well, imagine that imagine right now if you know if you're like 15 years old you just 
randomly ask your dad for a thousand bucks like what yeah like like, what for like you know for christmas you need a thousand dollars for christmas what the hell are you buying for christmas for anyone to spend a thousand dollars on like i have a rule unless unless you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year in profit after taxes um you should not be spending one thousand dollars on a single gift for any one person it's just too much it's ridiculous but anyway um so yeah he you know he they, all three of them, which you know, it's a pretty interesting friend group right there, where all three people are gonna pull their money together to bail out one person. You know, that's 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 pretty you know pretty good friends that he's got there. Which of course he doesn't he doesn't you know yeah that's um, uh that's where we meet yeah because we we had met met them earlier here. It's uh Flick and Schwartz who we met in the first movie, played by David W. Thompson and David. Uh, B-U-E-H-R-L-E, however you say that. <laughs> no, not, not Bueller. So, yeah. so multiple hate crimes are occurred are committed in this movie, um, as well as um, sexual uh, harassment and assault. At one point, he smells this girl's hair. That he, so he's basically Joe Biden, I think. I think this was Joe Biden's origin story, actually. So, oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> teen-year-old Joe Biden smells this girl's hair in kind of band practice. When he's playing the symbols, and he literally just goes down there and sniffs her hair like nobody noticed shit. And I'm like, dude, like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, like, this, I mean, I know it's before cell phones and everything like that, but like, people can see you. You gotta we, lean over. You know, don't we all do that when we're kids? Oh wait, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no. And by the way, I think that's the girl from Cobra Kai. I'm not sure. Maybe not. Probably wrong. But um, but she looked kind of like. Well, no, because Cobra Kai started in 2018. So yeah, that would be a whole six years. Before. Yeah, she's know, she's a lot not. older than that. So, yeah. okay, okay, she looked like again. Like I gotta think. For some reason, I see people, and to me, they look like someone else. Maybe not, but to me, they do. So, in my mind, she's she's Cobra Kai. So that's my that's my my head cannon right there. So he goes this to Cobra Kai yeah, was a, there, and then the she character's like, name is like a back. character name is Drusilla. Okay. And uh, she's played by Tara Scove Scoveby. I don't know. I'm bad at names. Um, Look her up, though. I'm pretty sure it's her. <laughs> just, just do it, please. No, just she's on. She's me. on Riverdale right now. That's who I recognize her as. Riverdale. Okay. She's Polly um, Cooper on Riverdale. Okay, that's I knew I recognized her. Fine, so I was sort of right. I saw her in something recent. It wasn't Cobra Kai, but it was something. So, well, that's, that's where I, I know her from. She was on, she was on the TV show uh, Once Upon a Time as well. Okay, that's it. Okay, yeah, the last season. Watch, okay, she was on like yeah. the last season of that. Okay, okay, cool. All right. <laughs> so he sniffs her hair and then um, doesn't get caught because 1946, and when you're a guy, you can do anything you want to a woman, and nothing's gonna happen to you. So, um. So, you know, that happens, and then um, they all get jobs at the mall. They they are terrible at their work, um, partly because they're not being trained properly and partly just because they're idiots. But um, so, like, the one woman, she, like, teaches them how to um, wrap, like, do wrapping paper, but she only gives them, like, like a one-minute little thing that she just goes off and starts drinking by herself alcohol, which, yeah. you know, you're not allowed to do at work. You're not allowed to drink 
you know, alcohol. But she goes ahead and does that, and then, um, you know, they do a terrible job. People, you know, all these people are like, you know, where's my present? You know, like hundreds of people, and they're all like panicking, you know, trying to freak out. At one point, um, I think I'm not sure which was a short. No, it wasn't Schwartz. One of the no, I don't know which one. No, it was Schwartz. It was Schwartz. Schwartz. He uh, he accidentally wraps up a baby. Yeah. So that's nice. And then, um, so that was child and, endangerment. Um, yeah, child, but that's another felony. Yeah. Or not, maybe not just, just a, a neglect, <laughs> ne- neglect issue right there. So yeah, multiple crimes are being committed here. Um, she, uh, yeah, the mother particularly faints, you know, that whole thing. At one point, um, Schwartz is given the job to, um, spray perfume, um, you know, to see if anyone wants to buy the, the perfume or whatever, but he keeps like spraying the perfume in his face. So he doesn't know how to operate like a simple perfume bottle, I guess. Okay. Wow. That's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not great at tools myself, but man, like you can't, whatever. So like, yeah. Cause they, these in the store that he's working at is that they're working at is Higby's, which was actually a Cleveland, Ohio store in the original, it, it, it was what which was used in the original movie, which was shot in Cleveland. Okay. It was a store that uh, started in 1860. I just wanted to give this little bit of background on Higby's. Um, in 1987, it was sold to uh, Dillard's, um, which they continued to run it until 1992 as Higby. And uh, then they rebranded it as Dillard's. So it's currently Dillard's. But they okay. shot the original one in a in a Higby's in in Cleveland because the original mm-hmm. film was shot in Cleveland. This movie, however, was filmed in Canada. So yeah, I had, I had an idea. It was was that. So yeah. So yeah, so we got that going on. Then it was like a B plot where the dad wants. He's always obsessed with saving money. He doesn't want to buy a new furnace. He doesn't want to. Yeah, buy I, I will a point out that this is like one little point of the character in the original movie that they decided to make the whole basis of the character in this movie. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm not trying to compliment the original movie, but in this case, I think it was kind of a little bit over-exaggerated here. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the original one, he, he's just a typical dad from the 40s, you know, <clears throat> like a working-class dad, you know, they don't have a <clears throat> lot of money, you know, he tries to fix, you know, things himself because he probably can't afford it. That's the other thing, too. It's not yeah. like I don't think in the original movie he was trying to save money. I think it's just that they couldn't afford like all yeah. this fancy shit or whatever. You know what I mean? But like this guy, he's all about like, I'm not going to pay 40 cents a pound for a turkey for Christmas, which is like a whopping $3 um, for a, a Christmas turkey. So he's going to go catch yeah. a fish from ice fishing Christmas dinner. What? And. Of course, it predictably goes wrong. Um, what else happens? All right, do you want to take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk more about it? Sure. Okay, we'll be right back, folks. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? 
Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Hi, this is Catherine, host of a new fashion podcast, The Real Fashion School Dropout. Join me as I interview guests every week in the fashion and beauty space and we gossip on all things fashion and beauty and even get into some personal stories of their journey in the industry you can find us and on we Apple, are back Spotify, yeah. so i'm um, talking about the cheapskate you know um Hope to see you there <laughs> just to let you know though in today's money three dollars would be about fifty eight dollars and seventy eight cents Oh wow! So <laughs> okay, that is a little bit much for a turkey, I guess. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to look it up on the break there. So <laughs> that is that's insane. Uh, you you get like fun from Kroger for like I don't know twenty dollars maybe. I mean, I never I never buy turkeys, but like. Yeah, but also, if you think about it, back in the 40s, we didn't have, like, the whole industrial complex of uh, of farms and stuff that we do today. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, you know, turkeys weren't, you know, as uh, abundant. There, were, there wasn't a Walmart. There wasn't, you know, yeah. you know, probably, you know, you had to go to, like, a, uh, a specific, like, a, like a, uh, a meat shop as opposed to being able to just walk into Kroger and buy it or something, you know? Yeah, so that's probably why it was marked up a little bit. But at the same time, you're going to get better quality food that way, though, too. So, yeah. Uh, you're not going to get some nasty-ass factory farm turkey that probably had, like, the most miserable life of all time. And then, Full of you know... And... Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what else happens in this uh, wonderful movie? Uh... So yeah, Dad's gonna go ice fishing to to catch their Christmas dinner, and he wants um, what's his name, the younger brother, um, Randy, Randy to to go with him, but he doesn't want to go again or something. So he ends up he ends up fighting. I didn't understand this part of the movie. It just seemed like they were just trying to find something else to throw in the movie. Where he finds a candy bar from his coat. And then he bites into it, but he ends up cracking his tooth because, like, the candy bar was, like, really hard. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to go to the dentist, so he wants to pretend that he wants to go fishing, but his mom yeah. makes him dentist. And, like, the but that dentist, was after he had already gone fishing once or twice with his dad, and he was freezing his ass off out there, too. Yeah, so. like, yeah it, wasn't, it wasn't very fun for him or for anyone for them. I don't know why anyone would want to go ice fishing, to be honest, but whatever. Um I guess we all have our things, but uh, <laughs> it just seems pointless. Why would you want to freeze your ass off? Okay, and I'm done with that. But 
and then so like the dentist is like some sadistic piece of shit that doesn't even use Novocaine. So he's literally just like drilling into this kid's mouth and he's sitting there screaming in agony. You can see the silhouette of it going on and the receptionist is like doing like the cross like type of thing like oh Hail Mary and it's like what was the point of that? There was no point in that scene at all. Like it was just thrown in there. It had nothing to do with the movie at all. There's no reference to it at all later on. Nothing. It was just there just to be there, I guess. So pointless, stupid. Anyway, so um, you know, dad, it was to pad out the time of the movie, so you had like an hour and a half movie. That's what it was. That's exactly what <laughs> because the movie itself boxed out at eighty-five minutes. So if you took away that scene, you'd only have like a seventy-nine-minute movie with yeah. credits. Um, so, so, um, so mom, mom eventually shows up and gives him some soup, you know, to warm him up. And she, um, you know, she decides that she wants to try to catch a fish and, you know, they start arguing over, you know, like what kind of bait to use. If she wants to use a, a quote, prettier looking bait. And then, you know, the guy, guy's like, that's not how fish think or whatever, you know, typical, Typical mansplainer from the 1940s, which of course be way worse back then. What do you know, woman? You know, type of thing. But, you know, predictably, she catches the fish, but then they can't squeeze it out of the hole because it's like a really big fish. So then eventually it just um, goes back, you know, under the water. And then they get into an argument. She storms off. And then, you know, he complains about the soup that she made him because he's freezing his ass off. And, you know, she's being like a good person by, you know, thinking about him and making him some hot food while he's sitting down out in the cold. And, yeah. you know, his way of expressing gratitude is just to yell at his wife, which, again, I guess is typical 1940s masculine behavior, you know. Yeah. God damn, why? You don't know anything. You know, I'm the man in the house type of thing. That's the reason why I'm out here catching him. He doesn't, he doesn't talk like that. It's my weird accent. But, like, um, <laughs> so, anyway, sorry. For a second there, I, thought, I thought Daniel Stern was in the room. I mean, I was confused. Yeah, was I no. <laughs> so, so we got we got the traumatized Randy from his, his toothache or his tooth fixing or whatever you call it. And, um, and um Meanwhile, there's the the other kids are still at the mall trying to make money. They still haven't quite um, earned enough money yet. And then the weird stuff starts happening. I mean, there's already a few weird things. So at one point, uh, they 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 put Ralphie. So they they get into a huge fight at the because they okay. So they they got sent into like this um this like mail room just to like stamp forms because like they couldn't do anything else i guess yeah like without fucking it up so they were supposed to put like the pink ones in like the, the suction tube and the yellow ones in like the basket or whatever but then they got a green one and then apparently that was because the elves tried to like form a union so then like the elves got fired i guess or quit so uh they they had like yeah, the while, kids- they're, while they're in the in the mail room we you did miss the most important part of that Oh yeah. Um. There, there, there's that that uh, the the tubes that they put him in has this suction on it. Oh yeah. And, right. Uh, and and Flick decides to put his tongue in there. And this is the same character who got his tongue stuck to a pole in the first movie. Can't resist. Can't resist yep. it. Mm-hmm. Dude's got a tongue fetish, and that's you know, hey, do what you want, but yep, be careful, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just be careful. <laughs> 
Because uh, you thought licking an ice was bad. That could have fucking tore, tore his tongue out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's disgusting, man. That would have been a whole other scene right there from like a different movie. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, they get, they, they basically, be, so that's, that's another thing. So they become scabs during a labor issue, a labor. Um, like you uh, do. Like, for that, what's the labor? Um, can't think of the word. Uh, issue, I guess, issue, I can't think of it. Dispute. There you go. Yeah. Part of labor disputes. So they become scab workers. Um, and um, the Santa Claus is like a really, really bitter guy. He keeps saying shit about his wife all the time. It's kind of funny, but also kind of weird. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, that sounds like what Mrs. Claus tells me every night. And it's like, oh, okay, let's, let's just keep this. Uh, let's not tell kids about your marital issues. Okay? Yeah, it reminds, reminds me of a therapist I saw when I was in college who uh, I'm telling him about my relationship issues. And he's talking about how great, how, how great I have it compared to the fact that his wife treated him like shit and everything. And I'm just like, yeah, this yeah. isn't helping me, dude. That's no. a terrible therapist right there. <laughs> like that person immediately should have got disbarred. Like right yeah, there, I, uh, then and there. I immediately like, asked for a new therapist after that. Yeah, that's that's bullshit. And the, the problem there is, there's a lot of them are like that too. It's not a rarity mm. at all. Probably at least half or more. Yeah. Are just. I think uh, my theory is I think most people become therapists because they need therapy so badly that they just oh, yeah. study it so much and they have enough knowledge just to become a therapist but that's whatever that's a whole other thing but uh yeah so back to the movie so they, <laughs> well yeah they get into a huge fight um because uh they, they like the three friends start arguing over each other i forgot how what even started the fight i don't think they're to, anything really they just started pushing each other and shit it was just stupid oh it was like a three stooges type thing okay <laughs> yeah. and then um hmm. so they get kicked out of the of the um Mall. They're not. They're not allowed to. Um, yeah, they're not allowed to be in the store anymore. And then, so yeah. Ralphie goes back and begs for a job one last time because he really needs the money. And they like they give him like this really humiliating job where he's supposed to be dressed up as like a reindeer or something like that. Yeah, outside. Um, and like they get, he gets into this really weird, like, like sort of like I don't even know what you'd call it, like a, like a fight not even a fight like a challenge between the dude for the salvation army ringing the bell and his like bells from the the costume yeah and they keep, like shaking the things like faster at each other and like he's like doing this weird dance it's like oh my god such an awkward scene like yeah and i literally cringing when i was watching this i'm like why would they do this this is so I awkward I, I hated that so much I'm like why do they do shit like this and these weird it's it's like a common theme. It's like a slapstick like, sort of thing, but it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't it, really, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. It doesn't land at all. So then, like this dude, like this really big, like muscular, bald dude, like like some like he accidentally knocked out Ralphie. Accidentally knocked over the guy's money bucket or whatever, and like there was like a five dollar bill, and one of them is like some guy just went picked it up, and then ralphie you know being a 15 year old kid who's like four feet tall decided to confront a guy who was like six feet five who was like super muscular like you do and yeah. um i mean he yells at him guy, and calls him dude dude you're stealing from charity and stuff you know it's going to be adult physically assaults a child a minor um which is a misdemeanor at, at very least or a felony oh, yeah. at most and uh you know and then he walks away because you know 1946 you know you can do whatever you want apparently there's no no law and order and um so no, that show didn't premiere until like the late eighties. Yeah, that was oh. like forty years. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> so after, so then, like, 
so this is when the hate crime happens. So, uh, <laughs> so um, they they eventually count their money at Ralphie's um, house. They're just like a dollar short, and they um, don't know how else to say it. They physically assault a religious ethnic minority and steal his money. I mean, what else can you say? That's what they did. Um, <laughs> short Jewish? Well, I'm, not, I'm not joking. It's no, I know it's his lucky Jewish block that he had for like a day, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That he got for Hanukkah. Yeah. He's Jewish in nineteen forty six. A one year no, the year the World War World War Two ended, which was actually it's was nineteen nineteen Yeah, nineteen forty six. Yep, there we go. Yep. <laughs> so for at least six years they have known about the Holocaust currently happening. I mean, they may have not known about the extent of the concentration, but they knew that the the Germans or, or Hitler. Yeah, I'm pretty Nazis sure that none of this. <laughs> and they know their friend is Jewish, and they're like, "Hey, he's probably having all kinds of weird thoughts right now about being Jewish, and and you know how like over in Europe right now they're rounding up all the Jews in, like 18 different countries, and they're killing them, and they're putting them into ghettos and the camps. Maybe you know, in the spirit of Christmas." We won't gain up on him and Rob steal his money so that so, 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 he can uh, pay. so Matt, these yeah. are fifteen year old boys. <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't matter. People didn't watch the news back then. It was, it's not like it's not like we only had the news like ten years ago. People knew what was happening. Uh, granted, they didn't have you know. I'm just saying that I don't think the religious people. aspects came into play here. I don't care. A hate crime was committed. So, whether it was intentional or not, they, stole, they, they they basically assaulted a Jewish friend and then they stole his money. Okay. However, however else you want to spin it, that's what happened. <laughs> so so they stole his money to pay off someone else's debt, which I guess that is kind of like anti-Semitism right there. Like, we're going to blame you for our financial problems, Germany, right? So basically, this is a microcosm of Germany versus the Jews right now. So Germany is in terrible financial straits due to their own capitalist economy that they <laughs> fucked up so terribly. And then they ruined, they, they exasperated by their 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 debacle in World War One, which they really shouldn't have gotten involved in the first place. They got their asses handed to them. And then they came back crying into their beers. And you're like, you know what? I feel like shit. Who are we going to blame for our fuck-ups? The Jews. It's their fucking fault that we fucked up. And then we're going to steal. They, did. they stole their money. They literally closed down Jewish businesses. They they um, expropriated, which that's just a fancy word for stealing. They expropriated their wealth and they gave it to the, the German government to do as they saw fit with. So Ralphie and um, the other dude, they so Ralphie, he might be like the the Hitler of the group, and and uh, the other dudes like maybe Goebbels, I don't know. Yeah, flick um, is Goebbels. <laughs> and then, so what we're seeing is a reenactment of the war. And it's a movie. It's a really deep movie if you think about it. And I'm not, I'm not making light of the Holocaust at all. I'm just like, I think you're reading way too much into this movie, man. <laughs> laughing because you make it sound like I'm making fun of like <laughs> I can't help it <laughs> I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying that like you can sort of see a metaphor yes. for that into you know the payoff Ralphie slash Germany's debt um, because it wasn't Schwartz that owed money it was Ralphie that owed money but so, so anyways um, they get the lucky buck from him 
Yeah. Plus, you know, they probably thought, oh, he's Jewish and Jewish people hoard money, right? That's their stereotype of Jews, right? So they're like, oh, well, who cares? He, he misses a buck. It's fine. You know, we, we could take it from him. I bet you that was what's going on in their minds. Um, so then. 1946, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Uh, That's exactly what they were thinking in 2012 when they wrote this movie. Anyway, so um, yeah, but they're making a period piece, though. <laughs> okay, okay. Go so uh, speaking of the writer of the movie, uh, he's also the narrator, Nat Maldlin. Um, mm. He uh, is doing his best Gene Shepard impersonation. So yeah, he, it was pretty. It was decent. Yeah, he sounds a little bit like him. Um, but yeah, this was not based. I mean, this was not based directly on any Gene Shepard story. It was originally an original one written by Nat Maldwin, and then the movie was directed by Brian Levant. Um, anyways, I forgot to mention that at the beginning of the show, so I thought I didn't mention it now. Um, the uh, So, Ralphie decides to, uh, you know, go to the dealer and pay him off, you know, after that. But on the way there, he sees this less fortunate family living, like, in an alley. Mm-hmm. And he takes them to, I believe, the same Chinese restaurant from the first movie mm-hmm. and buys them dinner. Um, and so then he's not got enough money to pay the pay the dealer off. But uh, the dealer ends up letting him off the hook and says, yeah, I sold the car anyways. So, uh, yeah, um, so, uh, and then, then we have the, the Christmas morning scene. Randy has to wear a sailor suit, much like the bunny suit in the first movie that Ralphie had to wear, sent from the same aunt. Yep. Yeah. And, um, then we have, uh. Then we have a scene where uh, the old man gets his leg lamp back, a new leg lamp. Not even sure who gave that to him. I still didn't understand that. Was that Ralphie that bought it? I'm confused. Ralph bought his dad the pornographic lamp, yes. Um, Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's another crime right there, um, buying pornography as a minor. So um, add that to the list right there. Uh, (laughs) And whoever sold it to him also committed the crime. So... um, yeah, 1946, that would be considered pornography. I'm just going by their standards, Mike, okay? 1946 standards, that was a very racy type of lamp. It would be like the equivalent today of having like a big boob lamp just sitting there like in front of the window, you know? Um, How do you know what I have in my window? I don't. I'm just saying. Uh, oh. <laughs> so now we got to look into the seller who sold them that because they shouldn't have sold them that. Um that's the whole plot of a Christmas Story three. It's like a murder. It's like a mystery movie. It's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like the leg lamp is somehow a big part of it. Yeah, they try like, to figure out who uh, who sold Ralphie the leg lamp. It's the story. Who <laughs> sold Ralphie the leg? That's great. Like, that, that that was the murder weapon too. Someone took the leg and just like yeah. slammed it against someone's head. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out who who. Who sold it, and then we got, and then we need to find out who used it as a murder weapon. So yes, it'd be interesting. To, so, I like, just like last week when we talked about, you know, what would happen if we did like a Little Mermaid's Island show. Yeah. Like, this is our version of what Christmas Story Three would be. Like. Yes, 
He so, came up with a lot of good ideas. <laughs> Hollywood, are you listening? Um, yeah, anyway, so <clears throat> the uh, so anyways, at the end, um, Ralphie ends up getting that car as a gift from his dad or from Santa for Christmas. Oh, Santa! Yeah, yeah. And uh, so then we uh, have a scene where he's out in the parking lot playing with it, playing with the car or whatever, and it starts rolling down. And um, oh, and then uh, Drusilla comes by, and uh, she helps him stop it from rolling back or whatever. And then uh, she tells him that she saw what he did when he uh, got that five dollars back from the from that guy at uh, Higby's in front of Higby's. Um, for charity and how it was like, you know, meant a lot and that her and her boyfriend have broken up basically. And then he asks his dad through the window if he can take her for a ride. And so they go around the block once and then we have the credits. Yeah. But before that, I want to get into <clears throat> the racial slur. So, you know, it's not enough to to beat up his Jewish friend, steal his money. That's that's <laughs> like that's like kid stuff to him. He's already advanced on to bigger, bigger, better things. So, like, at one point, when he's checking out the car, I kid you not, I, I, I had to rewind this a couple times, actually, to make sure I heard it correctly. So, he's checking out the car, and he's talking about all, talking about all how the noises it make, and he says, and I quote, there were more rattles than an Irish nursery. What the fuck? Like, a 2012, like, granted, it's a period piece, so I well, guess we gotta make accurate as possible right the, the stereotype uh, i get the stereotype it is that that irish people have a lot of children no i, I understand that's yeah. stereotype it's still a racial slur though <laughs> i know <laughs> i'm just saying it's a pretty big one uh, i mean like it, it's like like it was, and it was phrased so weirdly that i didn't really get yeah. it at first and i'm like it's 1946 well, I know, but then you were complaining about the anti-Jewish stuff being, well, well there there you go. I mean, it was a period piece, so um, <laughs> got to be as accurate as possible. I'm just saying you can't, you can't, you got to be consistent. You can't be like, oh, it's, it's, it's okay if it's, if it's anti-Irish, but not anti-Jewish. No, it's, 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 it's all got to be okay or all be wrong. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying as an Irish man, I wasn't offended, but, um, <laughs> okay, so, oh, so one person, as long as one person signs off, it's fine. Like Mateo says, and Superstar. Yes. Exactly. Okay, my my colon second says anti-Irish jokes are fine, everyone. So yeah, I've had it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's really anti, though. It's talking about the fact that they have a lot of children, which they did. Come on, dude. It's it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a slur, and you know it. <laughs> if you go, okay, if you go and say that in front of an Irish person, just just see what how they would respond. Yeah, some of them might think it's funny, but you never know who you're going to run into. Uh, <laughs> You I'm saying it's not as bad as, uh, as as some other things that they could have said about Irish people. No, it's not. They could have <laughs> said like drunks or yeah, you know, or, or whatever else. Yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, but uh, um, like I, I swear to God, I remember um, uh, was it Gaines of New York when uh when um Bill the Butcher kills that that guy with his club. And then he like he marks like because like the guy used to like mark every time he killed someone with a club, which is very interesting. And he put like a little notch on it. Yeah. And then he goes, he goes, burn his body, see if his ashes turn green. I'm like, holy shit! Like, like you know, yes. 
I'm like, God damn. <laughs> uh, do you want to take another quick break here, Matt, and then we'll uh, talk about the uh, some like trivia and a couple reviews here? Yes, because I need to call human resources here about your 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 approval of anti Irish. No, I'm not so- approving it. I'm just saying <laughs> it could have been worse. <laughs> I just it could have been worse. <laughs> very much, but no, I understand that. Uh, <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. Folks. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice Podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Hi, this is Catherine, host of a new fashion podcast, The Real Fashion School Dropout. Join me as I interview guest every week in the fashion and beauty space and we gossip on all things fashion and beauty and even get into some personal stories of their journey in the industry you can find us on apple spotify pretty much wherever you get your podcast hope to see you there and we are back Okay, so you ready for some trivia here, Matt? Yeah. Okay. As I said earlier, Daniel Stern plays the old man. He was the narrator of The Wonder Years, which was itself inspired by the 1983 A Christmas Story. So, yeah. Um, but much better than The Christmas Story. Yes. Um, the narrator stated that the car, a 1939 Merc, had uh, 132 thousand miles on the odometer odometers and cars did not read up past uh 99,999.9 until the 1980s uh-oh yeah prior to the film's release the trailer was panned despite the title of a christmas story 2 this is the third film to follow a christmas story um coming after the 1988 um, Ali Hoopnoodle's Haven of Bliss, and it runs in the family, also known as My Summer Story. Hmm. However, those films are now considered non-canon, I guess. I don't know, whatever. I didn't know there was a canon to the Gene Shepard universe, but whatever. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, almost all the gags in the film were inspired by the original film, they say. So... <laughs> um, and like I said earlier, the nineteen the, the in 1946, uh, the $85 um, needed would translate to $1,100 in 2020 money. So, you know, like a year ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that reminds me. So, so you said that $3 back then for the turkey would have been about $50, right? It was like 58 or something, yeah. Oh, so I don't mean to interrupt, but I was just thinking about this. So... 
um, he he owed eighty five dollars, right? Yeah, and he came back and he only had, only had thirty five dollars left, so that's fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. If dollars back then amounted to fifty eight dollars, then how much how much did he spend on dinner? Like a thousand dollars, like. Like or uh, no, like I'm gonna be a quiet thousand dollars, but like it'd be, that's a lot of money to be spending, even for a family dinner. I mean, how big was that family? Maybe it was an Irish family, since you're okay with Irish serves. Um, you know. Here's a here's a public service announcement to people here. <laughs> Michael Edward Cullen the second, which is me. Um. My family comes from Ireland, and I in no way want to disparage Irish people. I love Irish people. Irish people are my heritage. Um, I know. But as are German people. Wait. (laughs) So I'm going to divide 50 by 3, right? Yeah. So that's $6.6. Okay. So that would then mean that I'm going to times 50 each each time right okay so so time right about 58 dollars okay so that means that ralphie in today's money would have spent 966 dollars and 67 cents on one christmas dinner what and this was like a diner this wasn't like some so fancy how much did he spend huh how much did he spend he spent about fifty dollars of, of that time's money, and you said about back then that three dollars like eight dollars. Okay, so fifty eight divided by three. Oh, sorry, I was wrong. That's nineteen dollars. Okay, so nineteen point three three times. Um, <clears throat> uh, so like fifty dollars from that time period would be a seven hundred and three dollars and thirty six cents today. Okay. All right. Well, damn. So that's still six. Okay, that's still a lot of money to be spending on a Christmas. Meal. How much? How much do you I think spent, he spent on uh, on the family? Oh wait, hold on a sec. Um, well, he 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 is he owed eighty five, and he came back with only thirty five. So that meant he spent spent about fifty dollars. Yeah. So fifty dollars would have been about seven hundred and thirty so, some dollars. Yeah. We so spent seven hundred dollars of today's money. And, I, and this again, this was not a like a fancy restaurant. This was like yeah. a Chinese diner type restaurant. That's a lot of money to be spending on one Christmas. I mean, what do they order? Like um, the entire menu? Like and even then, I don't think they would have been able to spend. I mean, they would have literally like took inventory of the whole restaurant and still had some money left over. Yeah, something tells so me they weren't really thinking right this there. through when they decided how much money that would be left over. <laughs> I don't care. It's whether it's a directed movie sequel or not. They need to pay attention to these little details. They have to. Yes. Um, if they don't, then it ruins the whole thing for me. No, actually, it doesn't because it gives more gives me more to talk about, which fills more space. So yes. Yeah. You know. So do you want to hear some reviews for this movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so we got one here that's called "Still Hated It" <laughs> by. Eric Stevenson in uh, December 18th of 2017 here on the IMDb. Um, it's a 4 out of 10. I think there were some other sequels to A Christmas Story, but this is the only one with a 2 in the title. So I'll just review this. <laughs> well, this is the 
end of Christmas month, I could I couldn't find enough Christmas movies to for the full month. I didn't know you had to like legally watch a Christmas movie every day in December or something, but <laughs> I guess so. I did not know that. Okay. Anyways, um I'll start next with uh book month. Anyway, this is bad because it lacks all the heart of the original. The premise just doesn't work as Ralphie was so charming as a little kid. It doesn't have nearly the sense of timelessness as the original. The characters in this are just plain annoying. I especially hate Ralphie's friends because they're so dumb. <laughs> These guys do such incompetent things on their jobs like putting one's mouth through a tube for no reason other than to reference the first movie. I personally didn't find it as bad as The Sandlot 2. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still devoid yeah. of sense, especially with how this family somehow affords a car at the end. Yeah. So That is true. That that that, that yeah, that I mean that would be pretty yeah, that came out of nowhere. Like, how how does this cheapskate afford a car at the end? Anyway, so yeah, and, but we we also reviewed Sandlot too at one point. So. Yes, we did. So if you guys want to check that out, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find any other decent reviews. Like, nobody liked the movie, so. <laughs> Because I think it was better than the original. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, here's, here's bad, one. It just wasn't good. Here's one. Okay. A seven out of ten from uh, Cat Farmer thirteen fifty eight on November twenty mm. fifth of twenty eighteen. Yep, holiday movie. They always watch yeah. it on holidays. Every year, holidays. Okay, I know. I'm probably going to get hard. The, the 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 headline is better than the first one. Um, I know. I'm probably going to get get hard for this, but this film was much better than the first one. I felt the first one that the dad was a real jerk and abrasive, abusive to his kids. And while the dad was a little bit like that in this film, at least Daniel Stern toned down and made it humorous. Yeah. He was softer. Yeah. So yeah, that, I don't know. The rest of these are all like, it's absolutely horrible. Um, you know, Why'd they make this? You know, stuff like that. You know, <laughs> you want horrible? How about half the things we have reviewed and subjected ourselves to over the past 3.5 years? Yes. Um, Jingle All the Way to, um, what was it? Uh, Tooth Fairy 2, both Larry the Cable Guy films, yes. incidentally. Well, at, at, um, least, at least the old man wasn't played by Larry the Cable Guy. I wouldn't even watch it at that point. I'd just be like, <laughs> no, I'm just going to read about it, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, take the word for it. Um, Little Mermaid's Island, two episodes. Mm-hmm. You want bad. Watch those You come to us for bad, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, this, I mean, would you recommend anybody watch this movie, Matt? Not really. It's, it's, it's not bad. It's just that it's not good. And it's like, there's nothing to it. Like, you know, like, like, it, like, there's some things you watch that are so bad, but they, like, they, like, they captivate you because of how bad they are, you know? This movie's just bland. It's just, like, it's it's not good or bad. It's just kind of there. It's, like, just, like, sits there kind of like a pizza that's not quite spoiled yet. It's just, it's just not that good. 
technically you could eat it. Yeah, it's, it's, sick, it's like but, you'll still you know, eat pizza. You'll you? still eat. You'll still eat a bad pizza, but you know, like my thing is, is with this, if somehow you're um, stuck in a bunker somewhere at the end of the world, and somehow this is the only DVD you have, you might want to watch it a couple times. It'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you would watch anything. I mean, you'd watch, you know, a piece of shit just sitting there. I mean, if you yeah. know, had to, but mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't recommend it. But no. So it's an end of the world movie. If there's no other movies left over, go ahead and watch it. Yeah. Um, One time. Yes, it won't kill you. Um, and then you might find another box that's got like all the seasons of Two Broke Girls. And you can watch that as well. So. Yeah. Or you, you can know. shoot yourself. And, um... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Again, a public service announcement from Michael E. Cullen II. I do not condone suicide in any way whatsoever. Okay, so, um... <laughs> yeah, or any kind of self-harm, rather. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um... <laughs> so, uh, another public service announcement. I also do not condone watching any bad movies if you don't want to. But if you do, go ahead. Um... So, uh, anything else, Matt, before we wrap things up here? Uh, no, have a, have a good holiday season. Yes. Apparently now we have holiday seasons. Yes. It's it's November. So we're already celebrating, you know, they're, they're, they're playing Mariah Carey singing Christmas carols all over the Walmart and the Kroger's and all that stuff now. So, yep. mm -hmm. It's Christmas. (laughs) Yep. Christmas is two month long holiday now. So, um, you know, tis the season that even has Ramadan built, but beat by a whole month now. So, yes. um, you know, at least Ramadan, it makes sense for it to be a whole month because that's the whole holidays. A whole that's month. what so, the point of it is. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even Hanukkah is longer than Christmas. It's eight days. Christmas is one freaking day, people. So, um, the <laughs> yeah. And like and like the I think the Egyptian Christians they they celebrate it in like January fourteenth too. So like yeah. you know they're like you know fuck this shit. We're not going to celebrate this like you know when it's all commercialized and uh, well that's not the reason. I don't think they did it because um, you know it's a it's a battle that. But uh, <laughs> anyways, um, anyway, <laughs> hope you guys have a good holiday season. Good Thanksgiving. Good uh, you know Hanukkah, Christmas whatever you celebrate. Um, and I'm fine with saying happy holidays. And that's not a war on Christmas by any means. So, um, Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, folks, uh, make sure you, uh, go, uh, go to all two real com. check out all of our links there, uh, to our social media and our, um, Patreon and our, uh, T public and everything. It's all in, it's all linked there. It's also linked on our, uh, on our show notes here, um, you know, tell, tell your friends about the show. Give us a five-star review on, uh, Apple podcast. Um, you know, don't, um, you know, do anything that I wouldn't do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Be merry, be bright, wear a condom and bye-bye. Thanks for listening to all Too real Two podcast. A Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. 
Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now